0: following program is paid programming the fees expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants and nowhere reflect those of the ownership staff or advertisers of wnri the pandemic social unrest the state house and the white house you are listening to the john DePetro show
1: on this Friday afternoon, this is the Power Hour. Right now, it is 106, and you're listening to AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. On this Friday afternoon, now it's a dry out, and it's also Super Bowl Sunday weekend. Super Bowl weekend, I should say. Why not stop by Ron's Pastry Gourmet? What are you doing right now? If you're in the car and you can hear my voice, that means you could head over to Ron, see Ron and Melissa, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence and stock up. They have everything that you would love to have for the Super Bowl. Now, listen, I recognize that they're saying, uh, but they have um, special calzones and spinach pies and football cupcakes and delicious strawberries with chocolate. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, stop in and see them. They also have uh, delicious cannolis. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, Sausage and Pepper, Hot Delicious Meatball Calzones, Buffalo Chicken Calzones. Try the Philly Cheesesteak Calzones, Pepperoni and Cheese Calzones, Chicken Parm Calzones, Pizza Strips, uh, Chocolate-Covered Trump uh, Donuts, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop it and see Ron and Melissa in Stock Up. For as everyone gets ready for, I, I in some ways this is obviously going to be, I think, um, much bigger interest because of with Tom Brady playing in uh, in playing in the Super Bowl. Now let me see um, update on Lieutenant Governor selection process. Let's see, uh, incoming Governor Dan McKee directed his transition team to authenticate each of the more sixty applications he received. Sixty applications from individuals. ...who are interested in becoming the next lieutenant governor. Calls will be made to each applicant to ensure the application is valid and was submitted with their knowledge. Once the uh, process is complete, transition team will release the names of all validated applicants. The team expects this will occur early next week. The incoming governor believes this process should be transparent. The delay is only based on ensuring the valid list is provided to the public and the media. The incoming governor's laser focused on COVID. Now, this is a result of Channel 12 requesting that they wanted a copy of everyone who applied initially, lieutenant governor's people. Uh, This is also, by the way, an opportunity for the lieutenant governor and his people to, if you don't want your name, if you don't want your name released, that now is the time to basically almost, I would almost say like withdraw it. So we want to authenticate each of the more than 60 applications. Now, I, you had to go online. So I'm not that familiar with the process, but you had to go online and uh, fill out you know various things. Because I know some people actually had some, some problems trying to um, fill it out that were interested in it. And so it would certainly seem that now this is almost a way to say that if if you don't want your name uh, released, that now is the time to withdraw. Because um, uh, otherwise we have to release it uh, to the media. So that's basically what this... Is what they're saying by to that they're going to release this? Because otherwise, I I find it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what was said to um, to those or what type of notification you received. If in fact, when those people that did apply online, so this is a way to. If there was anyone that was just kind of saying that they think they want to do it but they didn't want anyone to know that they were going to go for it now is the time to get out i also want to play sound so marjorie taylor green she apparently was as i was last hours playing some of her sound she is the one she's being stripped of all or was stripped of all committee assignments because of some of her views prior to taking office and this is where she's going back and forth i believe with a reporter for CNN. Let me hear a little bit of this.
2: I'm going to let you guys go about your day. I know you got many things. Yeah, I'll take some questions. Yeah, ask I know you talked yesterday. I listened to your speech. You said on the video in January 29th, Team. I'm just going to read it to you verbatim. You said it's been taken out. Who, who are you? What's what your name? See, I'm Dean. By our law, representatives and senators can be kicked out and no longer serve in our government. And it's a crime punishable by death, is what treason is. Just what you said. Did you see my, did you see my speech yesterday? I, how many How many stories did you report on Russian collision conspiracy lies? No, I want to know, have you apologized for Russian collision conspiracy lies? Have you? I, I don't have to. I stand by the fact you said Nancy Pelosi is guilty of treason and I think police. you heard my speech yesterday. You owe the people an apology. You lied about President Trump. You owe the people an apology. I've done mine yesterday. Okay, next next question. Did any of you hear my speech yesterday? You, my speech yesterday?
3: you regret saying that he is guilty
0: of treason and deserving of death. What do you see as your...
1: You know, this is um I mean that's what it's gonna be like. And they're not gonna let up on her. And this is one of the dangers with certain people that believe in, in QAnon. It's it's not gonna go away. This is how she's been labeled. They want um they want everyone, basically, to to uh They want to really sideline her. I think this is dangerous. And as I mentioned, you could have Congressman Cicilline, Congressman Langevin. Let's find out what some of their beliefs are. And and hey, Cicilline was certainly pushing Russian collusion. I also want to see Chicago schools. The mayor sent the teachers union last best final offer for reopening. Chicago mayor, public school leader announced their last best offers on the table. Come with an agreement, safe reopening joint statement Chicago public schools mayor made an impact plea: strike a deal we received a counter proposal our last final best offer uh the Chicago public schools originally planned of welcoming k-3 children back for in-person learning this past Monday but has kept p- pushing back that date unionist instructed teachers continue work working remotely during negotiations the goal has been mutually agreed upon, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, but as I mentioned, Ron Klein, who is, think of this, he is chief of staff for President Biden. He said it's all about money. That's what they want. It's all about money. They want more money. They want more money to go back in the classroom. It's about money. It's always been about money. And locally, uh, they've been a little bit slow, but they'll push back on McKee. All right, let me get on to our special guest that we're going to have on, and it is my friend Deborah, who has an interesting uh, story to tell us. Let me—we'll uh, bring her on and uh, chat with her. It's John DiPietro on this Friday, and I'll be—is that you, Deborah? Hello. Hi, Deborah. Hi, how are you? Very good. Well, we're live on the radio, so, okay. Hey, Deborah, take me through, if you don't mind, just how this whole incident came about that has resulted in you contacting your local police department. How, take me through, just how did this whole thing start? It started
4: when I received an email from the head of the Barrington Veterans Council, um, looking for everybody to, you know, make their voice heard regarding the flag policy that Barrington did not have. And that they wanted to, you know, get the politics off the flag. And I, I felt the same, that politics didn't belong on the flag. Yep. So I...
1: Now that's f- that. That's from Paul, correct? I had Paul on. He's terrific.
4: Yes, he's yeah. wonderful. Okay, so and go ahead. the, the letter... The letter was written by Mike Stenhouse, and he had sent it, and said, if you, are, you know, sign it, and I did innocently find it, uh, you know, said, said, you know, we don't believe in politics off the poll. Right. And sent it, not thinking that, you know, that was it, and I was going to listen in on the town meeting and didn't think twice about it. Okay. About three minutes later, I get a on my phone that it's an email and it's an email from a uh, Jacob Breyer whom I gotta say have, I've never met Yeah, and it was very uh you know the BLM and the movement and 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 all of these things that you know our position is so I wrote back and I said you know I didn't write to you personally I wrote to the town council I was not expecting you know an, an answer and I, this is how I feel and it kind of got to the point, and I don't know how long I've got with you, where he just wanted to argue. He wanted to argue. He wanted to make his point. He was going to ram that point down my my uh, throat, and I felt very, very bullied. And,
1: now, just so I and people to understand, Jacob Breyer is a very progressive member of the Barrington Town Council. And he has been outspoken. He was certainly the cheerleader in some ways to me. One of the leaders, let's get the Black Lives Matter flag flying above Barrington Town Hall. So you sign a petition that is then sent to the Barrington Town Council, and suddenly he unleashes this wrath that he's coming back at you and sending you unsolicited emails on why he believes the Black Lives Matter flag should be flying above the Barrington Town Hall.
4: Yes, and I was very taken back because he really wanted to argue, so I then contacted the president of the town council, and I said, you know, I, I innocently sent this email. I, I believe in no politics, and were you aware that, you know, when I send an email to the town council, I am not expecting a individual response back. I am just letting you all know how I feel, and, you know, that that. That that's it. I wasn't going to hear back from you, and I said, "Were you aware that this letter is coming back, uh, in you know, saying our position, etc., not signed by all of you, only signed by an individual?" And he said, "No, I have no idea about it." And we had a long talk. So I then got another email, and I, I you know, I just it kept going back and forth, and I finally said, "Look, stop harassing me. right I'm going to contact." Contact the police. Just leave me. You know. You know, the thing about it, John, is that when you have a face-to-face conversation, you can walk away. Right. The problem is, is that you can't walk away from your email because they just want to keep pressing that button and bothering you. So I, I thought about it. You know, even though I said, you know, I'm gonna, you know, don't harass me again and uh, leave, leave it as it is. Um, he decides to email me again uh-huh. and. I said to him, I told you to leave me alone, and um, he said, well, in one of his emails, he said something about, well, I've already notified the police about our conversation. What? And so, Wow yeah, so I, then I wrote to my Carroll, and I said, is this the council you want to be? Is, is this, you know, and I wrote him a, a kind of a very long, he was a very much of a gentleman, Mr. Carroll was, and. So I then decided I'm going to call the police. Um, And I spoke to a detective who took my um, um, emails and I filed an incident. And the reason I did that, John, was what's going to be the next time? Right. If I send another petition, is it going to happen? And am I going to get charged with harassment? And it almost was to the point is, are you going to bully your citizens into silence? Are they becoming afraid? Yes. You're going to go to the police. You initiated, had no right to send me anything, and it's gotten to ridiculous. Well, I spoke that night at the town council meeting, and he said something regarding. And I explained the situation, and he said, "Well, I'm sorry, but I respond to all my constituents very, in a very kind of a arrogant way." And. After the meeting, I, I'm listening to the meeting. I then received a private message from a woman who said, oh, my gosh, this happened to me. I have everything. And then I found out today that a third person has now come forward. Oh, wow. She has actually filed a complaint with uh, the town lawyer, Mike Orstello regarding Mr. Breyer's um, um, postings or, or nastiness to them. Yeah. So... Here we are, I again, to me, the bottom line is, is that when we respond to something of the town council or a concern, it's almost as if you're bullied. Your speech doesn't matter. Uh, only my beliefs are going to matter. And I'm going to cram this down your throat until you're a good little soldier and you understand what my position is. And, and one of the things I had said on the email is, you know, Let's remember how this all started. This started with one individual one day during the summer who decided to do a horrible, horrible thing and call a family that that uh, a terrible word. And we're all now, now we're all having to, you know, be punished. We're all, if you don't believe me, if you don't follow my uh, direction, you're a racist. You're, you're, uh, you're
1: white a supremacist. Yes. You know, Deborah, and again, folks, hold on, Deborah. Uh, The thing also about this is what he's doing, this Jacob Breyer, who's on the town council in Barrington, is, number one, he wants to discourage anyone from signing petitions. And not only are you going to hear from him if you just sign the petition, what I find really interesting is for him to say, well, I've already contacted the police. Now, why would he contact the police? That's a, a level of intimidation. Let's just say you had... Uh, you know, exactly. some, you know, let's just say you had an issue in front of the town for some reason or you wanted to, you know, uh, sometimes you need the, the permission from the town to do something with your property or your property line or whatever it may be. Uh, this is a blatant effort to try to shut down participation by telling people if you sign a petition, you know, just so you know, we know who you are. We're gonna try to discourage it and we're also gonna notify the police that you signed this petition. Now just you mentioned that incident from the summer. Now, Deborah, that that was settled in a court of law where the judge said, I, I don't see a hate crime. I see an altercation between two neighbors and two men, but it's not a hate crime. So when you step back to that, the whole element and act of them putting the flag up, number one, it was inappropriate. Number two, I was on that call as well. I was monitoring that on Monday. And, you know, I've heard this Jacob Breyer, the town council, and he's a real progressive socialist. And he's got the pronouns, he, him, and all this other stuff. But what he wants, I I don't know what he wants, but probably higher political office. But, Deborah, as you know, Black Lives Matter, it started, and and that veteran Paul is right, it started – Because of an incident with police, Black Lives Matter is intricately involved with law enforcement. And I've heard that Jacob Breyer saying, well, Black Lives Matter means in college campuses, and it means in education, and it means in the workplace. No, it doesn't. It started with law enforcement. To hang that flag, number one, it's an insult to law enforcement. But number two, Black Lives Matter is an anti-police group. They want to defund the police. They have this predisposition that every officer is a white supremacist. That it is, it is yeah. that 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 flag has no business flying above Barrington Town Hall. It doesn't stand for unity. It certainly doesn't stand now. for peace. Uh, this isn't about bringing people together. And. I didn't go on with the call because it was, as you know, it was going on so long. And I also could see that they could pick and choose who they wanted to have. And that's their business. But then I felt like, all right, I'm not going to wait here for three hours to see if they're going to call on me. But what I would have said was, now, I went to that rally they had back in September. And Jacob Breyer and these other people spoke and so forth. But I watched as that group marched from the white church. And they marched. And it was just them. And a lot of times someone might think, well, if you're going to march that way, like almost like a parade, so to speak, so a march from the white church to town hall, most of the time you'd have police there, right, to kind of lead it and make sure that kind of doing the path and making sure they were safe and maybe even having the car with the lights going just to make sure that, you know, people would get out of the way because people were walking along. I guess that's 114. But you and I both know the reason why that the Barrington police were no one near there is because number one they weren't welcome, number two if yeah. the Barrington police had shown up they probably would have had rocks and bottles thrown at them, and during the course of that rally there were people that got up and you know they, it's the familiar chant of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd what do they all have in common they all had altercations with law enforcement so he's disingenuous to say oh no black lives matters about there's nothing peaceful or unity about it it's it, they chant anti-police slogans they chant slogans about the police that i can't say on the radio to for someone to try to claim that it's not an anti-police organization deborah they're either just foolish or they're disingenuous
4: well, the, and the feeling for me as a mother of, 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 of two uh, sons, one who currently serves and one who has served, the Ameri- that flagpole should have four flags on it. The American, the state, the town, and the POW. I don't want any politics on a flag because I've brought up that all lives matter. Everybody's life matters. It's sad when someone loses a life. It's sad in any... Aspect of life, when anybody uh, uh, loses their life. So all lives matter. And to make it different into thinking that well, I don't have your opinion means that I'm a racist or it means whatever. I just felt that this guy, that Jacob Breyer wanted to bully me. He, he wanted to make sure that I understood and knew and followed in his footsteps, where it's gotten to the point. And, and you said that something about the get vigil, and I... I, I uh, he, in one of his emails, he had said that 1,200 people went to his vigil. That's not true. Well, let's say that 200 people were not from Barrington. Let's say there's a 1,000. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. And everybody brings one person. So let's say 500 households were um, represented. Well, there are 6,800 households in Barrington. And to make this into the, the who screams the loudest, and Jacob is going to make sure that he screams the loudest and make sure that you are wrong. You are, how dare you question me? Was uh, just out of line.
1: Yeah, it was out of line. And if they want to turn it into a contest, does that mean that if 1,200. 200- and one, you get those people to show up for whatever flag that that flag um, is is uh, put up. You know, Deborah, I did hear in that town council meeting, and I know it was on Zoom, but I I, I watched it, and I actually carried it on Facebook. But what stood out to me was there were many people suggesting it doesn't belong there, but why not just designate a spot where you can hang right. different flags, such as Rhode Island Pro-Life. I'm sure they would like to have their flag uh, flown, right. but the the real story is: see Jacob Breyer and that crowd. They they don't want other flags flown. They they actually, if you really ask them, they have a problem with the American flag, but they don't want to say that. But uh, the other thing right. that I don't think comes out enough, and you're exactly right about politics, is what makes Black Lives Matter different. Is this past fall in September, Black Lives Matter Rhode Island issued political endorsements vote for this person vote for this person they didn't have to do that but they decided to be political and say endorse certain candidates now for them to do that and then for the town to still fly that flag over the town hall where people were voting i mean that is just so beyond the pale it is a complete conflict as you can guess every candidate that rhode island black lives matter endorsed Not only was a Democrat, but was a progressive Democrat. If if someone had suggested, hey, let's fly the Republican flag over Town Hall or let's fly a Make America Great Again flag over Town Hall, they would have been in an uproar. You can't do that. You know, you're going to go ahead, Deborah. I would have said, John, you
4: know what? Please don't fly any flag because that's not what the flagpole is about. It's not. It is not about politics. So I would have been against any flag being flown because.
1: I, with my son's name on that honor roll, I don't think any flag that is political should be flown. Right. I agree with you. And uh, and uh, you're exactly right. I mean, obviously the American flag, if they want to fly the state of Rhode Island flag, that's fine. If they want to fly the town flag, uh, that's fine. P-O-W, whatever, whatever it may be. But when you get into that area, but Deborah, what also, though, is there's a pattern here to me that ties in with it, which is... There's a bullying element to it, that if you speak out that you don't want that flag, they want to make you uncomfortable and position you that you must be a racist. And that's how they try to silence the debate. And him sending those emails, let alone contacting the police, that is a way to try to silence find- debate.
4: I did find out from the police department he did not contact the police.
1: So, so he lied. A lie. It was a lie.
4: I thought that, yeah, and I thought that that was pretty because when I was speaking to the detective, um, he was like, "What? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that was not, that was not true." So there's the issue you have is that, um, you know, it's very important because free speech matters, and when you start having the citizens of the town in which you represent start powering in the corner then you know i have lived in that town for 45 years Uh i never wrote a thing to the town council so now you know what you woke this bear up good this bear is not going to allow anybody to feel that their voice can't be heard yeah that is not america and that is not how we live and that is not that's a dictatorship it is and that's exactly why our veterans and our 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 you know we fought in many wars that we have fought in in order to keep our liberties, and when you start taking it away, you are becoming on a very
1: slippery slope. Yeah, and that is that—that that is bullying on behalf of town. Cause the way you described it, town council member Jacob Breyer bullying to try to silence anyone that speaks out, and for fear that yeah. there's going to be repercussions. Um, and, well,
4: that- and the interesting thing is, I said to I and, and I said to the president of the town council in my email, I will await your response. Well, there was no response, which is why I did contact the police because I really felt that if I ever signed a petition again, that that could be held against me, and that I would be, you know, blamed for that harassment. You know, in in terms of, but I was very disappointed that not because I probably would have stood up and said, "Oh my gosh, I this should not be happening." Uh, This this person had no right to speak to me as uh, for me as a council member. And that was my whole point. And there's an interesting thing, you know, when you run a board, and I, I used to run a board, is it's called Robert's Rules. There are rules of conduct. Yes. Regarding boards and sitting on boards yep. and, and behavior, it's kind of like the mismanners of boards. Yes. And if this is, he represented everything that you should not do and behave
1: on a board. Hmm. Hey Deborah, what 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 happened with Monday night? So they had the forum. Uh, obviously, yeah. people speaking out about the the flag, and now now what happens?
4: Okay, well, the policy was, and I could read you because there's a very public, no, no, no. Um, Just I, article. In,
1: no, don't don't read me anything. Is, Just wait, wait, what's the next step? Okay. What happens? When does the okay. flag come down?
4: Okay, the flag apparently is supposed to come down on March 3rd. Um, that oh. they want to fly it for Black, uh, History, Black Month. History Month. Right. And the flag will come down on March 3rd. Okay. Now, there is a, an application for flying of flags now. But the ultimate, uh, so you can fill out an application um, and send it in, if you are a Barrington resident, to the town hall. I see. And you can uh, pick a flag. You can, you know, if you wanted to support your police or, or whatnot, we're encouraging uh, send those requests in, see what happens, uh, and we'll see where it goes from there because it will be ultimately still the uh, town council and the town manager can uh, make those singular decisions uh, regarding what flag gets done. And um, let's hope that, I personally hope that no flags because I don't want anything on the flagpole, but I was thinking, why don't you put six flags? in a lovely area, make it a nice area, then you can flag, fly all kinds of
1: flags. Because they don't it's want that. On- That's not what they want. No, of course no, not. No, they don't want yeah. that. They're not about, no. you know, they, they, and I'll just leave it at this. As you and I both know, they, when they talk about diversity and inclusion, that that means they get to exclude who they want. So it it has, you know, really nothing to do with that. They actually have no interest in they, they really even don't like, you know, as you're finding, they really don't even like public debate. They want to just yeah. be able to be able to put things up and do things and they know what's best. And they go after and try to bully anyone that disagrees with them. So, Deborah, good work. Well, not me- only, go ahead. Yes. Not only that, but as I said to
4: Mike Carroll, for a group that is going on, you know, hate has no home here. Oh, yeah. You hate it. To- the very people that supported you yes. in, in, in harassing them and making them feel, making me feel, I'm going to speak for me, and yep. uh, making me feel like my voice didn't matter. Well, right. I've got news for our town. My voice does matter as well as everybody's voice matters. So if you have been bullied, don't be afraid. Speak out. Call, contact the local police. Yep. Write a letter and... Uh, but don't ever feel that your voice doesn't
1: matter. Everybody's voice matters. Yep, Deborah, thank you very much. We'll talk to you again.
4: Thank you, John. Bye-bye, right.
1: bye. folks. There's our friend Deborah right here on the John DePietro show. Well, good afternoon. On this, uh, it's Friday afternoon. It's one thirty-six. You're listening to the John DePietro show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. I want to play. Channel twelve had Kim Colonian did an interview with. Uh, McKee refuses to reveal who applied to be the Rhode Island new lieutenant governor. And I want to I play it because this is now becoming an issue that they're responding to it and they're kind of trying to give people heads up to say, just so you know, uh, if you put in to be the lieutenant governor, they may have told people that don't worry, it's going to remain anonymous. And now it It's not going to remain anonymous. And uh, so now the McKee people are telling people basically that, like, final chance, your your name is going to be revealed to the media, as it should be, by the way. Think about that. I mean, this, I don't want to get into it, but it's like the Ron Blagojevich thing when he tried to sell the Obama Senate seat when President Obama became uh, president. Let me play, um, let's see, I should have it. Right here. I don't know why I'm having a hard time trying to trying to play it. I had it just a moment ago. And I'm not exactly sure. But we will play that. I have another way that I could play it. Now, folks, again, um, let's see. Um, the situation with Governor Raimondo, again, by the way, something needs to be done about that. That is not going away. I know the governor maybe feels that she's not going to step down, but this is a problem. This is definitely a problem. How about this? I just received an email petition via Cicilline raise the minimum wage. How about fifth? That's why Biden $15. That, that is ridiculous. Folks, the pandering, the, the the Republicans, they have to retake the House and the Senate or this is going to be a complete disaster. You can't, these people, as you're, you're seeing with the teachers unions, now in that they're basically going to just cater to whatever the unions want. So I want to play. um I think I do have the story of her talking to this should be it with Dan McKee, who's now ref- I boy, I don't like that headline refuses to reveal who applied to be Rhode Island's new lieutenant governor. So talk about this thing is like crumbling before it's even getting off the ground. I think I have the sound of that right now. Here it is. Search
2: for your replacement as lieutenant governor. You announced a new component uh, of the search. Anyone can now submit a cover letter and resume online. How many resumes and cover letters have you gotten so far?
5: You know, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But I've heard heard about a a number of names in the paper. So we're expecting... Uh, you know, several and all the people that have been, you know, mentioned uh, or, or they've made mentioned themselves are all credible people. And so we're trying to be, you know, go through a process that makes sense and then um, and then make a selection. You only can pick one, which is which is not a great place to be in, right? You only can pick one, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make it through the process.
2: Is there a short list at this point?
5: No, but I think that I think that what I've said this is people who have worked with me, uh, you know, that because I believe that, you know, Tim, I, I believe that we've just seen why a lieutenant governor and a governor need to run together in a primary, a general election, and then manage together. So this gives this, this window to really show why. So it's somebody who really can work with me and that, is, uh, that I feel I can work with them. I think that's a definite criteria. I think so, a level of experience, too. I don't think you pick somebody who's not experienced. And I think somebody who has a network that uh, can, is valuable is valuable. Uh, to the work that we're going to do, small business education, right? The, uh, the health issues. All, those are the three major issues. And some level of um, the equity justice issue, which is at, you know, at the top of my
2: list. Central Falls Mayor James Dio's name has been, or I should say former Central Falls Mayor James Dio's name, has been floated several times. But we learned this week that he just took another job at Brown. So does that mean he's not in contention anymore for this position?
5: You know, I haven't talked to James, uh, he, but I, he is a friend. And I I, I serve on the same school board as he does, although I have to get off one of my mayor, the Blackstone Valley Prep Mayor Academy. Um, So I'm not sure, you know, what his intentions are. But I can tell you that we haven't made a decision. And uh, and like you said, there are certainly people who are going to be more, um, you know, agreeable in in terms of my my feelings based on those things I just talked about.
2: I know you said earlier at the press briefing when you were asked about this that you'd likely make a decision on your replacement by the end of February. Knowing what we know about the time frame for when the governor is likely to be confirmed and resign early February, there's going to be a couple of weeks without a lieutenant governor, sounds like?
5: Uh, There could be. It depends on how the process goes. I mean, we want to make sure that uh, we're we're quick but not in a hurry. Uh, I'm looking forward to having a relationship with a lieutenant governor in a way that can actually show why we should have be running a lieutenant governor together in primaries, general elections, and then manage together, uh, you know, when you when you actually get sworn in.
1: Now, that is um, soon to be Governor Dan McKee, but now we don't know when. Think of that what is happening now, and I know someone, the, the whole situation with Governor Raimondo is really in flux right now. Unless that changes, Senator Ted Cruz has put a hold on her nomination. Well, good afternoon. It's John DiPietro on this Friday. It's 142. It's Friday afternoon, and you're listening to the John DePetro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. This portion of the program brought to you by Preferred Towing and Recovery, Mark and Christine, located in Lincoln. What do they do? They specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, private property, towing services. Preferred Towing, call them today, 401 725 8500 725 8500 preferred towing they also buy older vintage cars from the 60s and the 70s maybe you have one sitting in your garage and you thought you know someday i'm going to restore that well you could but why not call for a fair offer today preferred towing and recovery 401 725 8500 you need something towed for instance the other day senator tiara mack had her car towed because she was driving Got in an accident, and she was driving without any type of, uh, it wasn't registered. So why not call, me? I don't know if she called preferred towing, but she certainly could have. Called preferred towing at 725-8500. Wait this, I wonder how long it will take, reaches out, oh, okay, that's true, oh, yeah. That Jacob Breyer, I mean, that guy, he's on the town council in Borington. He's one of, he's a big, a, he's like an AOC progressive. You wonder, like, what type of person would vote for AOC to be president? That guy is the type that would, that Jacob Breyer, completely. So he is uh, without question. Like, that's right up up his alley. Um, they The rules apply to everyone else. And if you disagree, then they come out. And he tries to intimidate people. The reason I wanted to have that woman on was, think of that, she just signs a petition and suddenly she's getting threatening emails from this guy and demanding, why are you signing this petition and blah, 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 and threatening this and saying, just so you know, I contacted the police and let them know that you signed the petition. Why are you calling the police, informing them that? That that the woman Deborah signed the petition, like what is that all about? You decided to call. Why is a town councilor calling the police now? I want to play this Chicago mayor Lori Lightfoot. This is embarrassing and a disaster. Let's hear it.
3: Let's, re- let's review some of the data that we know about what's happening with remote learning. Since the beginning of the school year, enrollment at CPS has fallen significantly. But declines especially sharp in pre-K and kindergarten learners. Pre-K enrollment itself has fallen by over 34%. That's more than a third. Among our Latinx students, that drop is 29%. And among our black students, that number is 44% drop. Wow. But as I said on Friday, the situation is even much worse than that. Among our students who are enrolled... 9.2% 9.2% are not attending class at all, meaning they're not hooked up, they're not coming in person, and they're not coming virtually. That's just our district wide average. In some schools, those numbers are significantly higher. Absenteeism as a breathtaking 21.2% for students in temporary living situations. And that's all despite the major efforts that we've made to find those students and bring them back, including multiple trips to homes themselves. But as hard as that is, the situation is still even worse. Since the start of the school year, there's been a district-wide increase in the number of children receiving F's. With black elementary school students are failing at a rate of 11 percent in reading. That's a threefold increase from last year. Latinx elementary school students are failing at reading at a nine or failing at math at a nine percent rate. And the list goes on and on. So when people ask me, "Well, what's the what's the big deal?" Let's just keep kids remote. This is the big deal. Remote learning is failing too many of our kids. We have to think about their present, but also their
1: future. Now, that is the mayor of Chicago. And good afternoon, everyone. Right now, it's 147. Because the bottom line, when this started a year ago, and you can put Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo right in the mix with that. I remember she at one point she was saying Rhode Island was the most successful with distance learning. Distance learning was a band-aid in a pandemic. They should never allowed, and I was consistent, never should allowed the different led by unions, led by the teachers' unions to not return. It's about money. They want more money. That's what it is. And they don't care. You know. Think in, in in Pawtucket right now. It's all distance learning. If Pawtucket had any guts, if they cared about the kids, Pawtucket would say, either you return to the classroom or you're not getting paid. You're going to teach in the classroom or not get paid. That's what they should say in Chicago. But they didn't. They held their hand. They caved. Governor Mundo took a, a tough tone. And then she heard Randy Weingarten American Federation of Teachers, Weingarten Sandbagged are going for lieutenant governor, excuse me, going for vice president. And told Biden, oh, you don't want her. And that hurt Governor Mundo from reaching the final four, being vetted for vice president. And Governor Mundo backed off. Do you remember Governor Mundo said the entire school, the entire everybody, the entire state is returning to school. And it was going to be before Labor Day. And what happened? As it got closer, they caved. They caved. All right, they need more time. Okay, so then it was delayed more to mid-September. And then what happened? They said, well, some people need even more time. They need mid-October. <laughs> joke. Complete joke. Should have been either go to the classroom or you don't get paid. And right now, I can pull up. There is a group. They had protests, and it was all union coordinated. And the media would cover them. And this whole bigness, uh, safe return to has nothing to do. Safe return to school. R right. I. There it is. And constantly uh, putting up. What are they doing now? Uh, Um, now they're talking about, uh, what are they talking about? Uh, They don't know what to talk about, actually. Um, um, they're trying to, I don't understand that. They are now trying to, oh, they want, um. School resource officers abolished. (laughs) You know, there were some people that were surprised following this group. Oh, yeah. um, Surprised that they were then advocating for Biden. And my question was, how is that possible? I mean, if you, of course they were against Trump. President Trump wanted the kids back in school. President Trump was talking about charter schools. President Trump was saying that Schools are not super spreaders. The children belong in schools. And he held firm. I'll tell you who didn't hold firm. People that wanted the teacher union support and votes. Listen, right now it's one fifty on this Friday. I want to remind you about my friend Maria. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You've driven by that old white church, historic white church. Pop in. Say hello to the Queen of Health right across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. You can call her at 305-3585. It's My Health. What are you going to find inside? Number one, you're supporting a local business. Number two, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity. Great local products like A kai berry, that incredible antioxidant. Also a great local product, local honey that's made locally. How about some fresh maple syrup made locally? Also, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products. It's my health. Natural skin care products and more. Stop in and see Marie. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Pop in. And on top of that, you don't have to wait. Some people order these things online. Instead, you can get it direct from Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's 152. now. coming up on Monday. Will be President Trump impeachment trial. Now he is. They want him to testify. He is saying, uh, "No, I'm not going to take part in this publicity stunt." And now we're learning. See, there's the difference between the House and the Senate. For instance, Cicilline and uh, the impeachment managers. They want uh, President Trump to testify, and they want him there for the full circus. Um, and instead. Other senators, though, are saying, eh, maybe that's not such a good idea, Um, just how that'll look. So he's not going to. So we don't know what's going to happen, but we'll obviously cover it. You know, I'm looking right now at the Drudge Report, and there's a picture of Tom Brady, number 12, and it says superhuman with a question mark. Um, Let me just, I want to. The Tom Brady legacy is beyond the scope of human understanding by Michael Hurley. I, as a fan, well, first of all, the game has changed, right? I mean, Terry Bradshaw. Think of how the quarterback was treated when Terry Bradshaw played. But I think he's playing for the 10th time in 20 years. Um. I think Tom Brady and his partner, Alex, ought to be very, very cautious because the fact that at his age and he's still able to perform at that level certainly raises a certain scrutiny. It does. So, um you know, one thing, though, is his ability to focus and concentrate and compete. And you saw, you know, Drew Brees, who's younger than Tom Brady. That's it. He didn't have it at the very end. That's why they were able to beat him. Um, But this is interesting where they write that in 2013, he was sacked 40 times, second highest total. Many analysts predicted his decline. But at age 37, he looks like a new man. Completion rate jo- jumped through eight more touchdowns um, after capering Fourth title uh, was not enough for Brady. There's no satisfaction. Walked across the field. A steely look on his face. Um, showed up at Fenway Park throughout the first pitch, supporting a giant number five on his torso, meaning he wanted to go for a fifth title. There's him and Belichick in happier times at Fenway. The message was unmistakable. The man had just won a championship, but he had had not at his fill. His eyes were on number five. Led the league in touchdowns the following season. So I, I just think they ought to be careful. He and Alex have had a good run, but the longer he sticks around, people around here... This really it would have to be a national writer. It's not going to be a local writer. We know that you didn't have the Boston people. They call them the certain cartel, um, as Dan Shaughnessy calls it, the full rochi It's not going to be anyone in Tampa Bay, and it's not going to be anyone in New England. But it would have to be an outside reporter. That starts to say, "Let's really dig in," and how he and his partner are able to do this at that age. How is his arm this strong? Don't tell me about pliability. I'm a fan, but I think he ought to be just very cautious. Hey, folks, I want to remind you, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. Call Ryan's Appliance Repair. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Is your washing machine making a funny noise? Is your dryer? maybe not working properly how about the refrigerator oven stove microwave garbage disposal call ryan's appliance repair 401 710 7096 saturday appointments are available all work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor and senior citizens discounts are available if your appliance is dying just call ryan ryan's appliance repair 401 401- 710 7096 So AOC Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez was on CBS this morning. They never even asked her. They let her just go on and on. Her whole thing about what it was uh what it was like. And uh what it was like and it was so frightening and oh my god, it was terrifying. I thought I was going to die and I could hear them outside and all of that was fake. All of it was fake. She was actually never there. Another congressperson who was a, a congresswoman whose office is two doors down from AOC said, we're a half mile away in the Cannon Building. We were never in danger. But it, see, it doesn't matter. Because for her, it's, it was just all about putting herself in the middle of it. Oh, I also want to play. Tucker Carlson went after Shep Smith last night. I like this stuff. Let's hear negative. this.
0: negative. Of course, we'll... Hold up the miscreants for abuse, but we also want to celebrate the good guys once in a while. Tonight, we want to bring you the story of a genuine investigative journalist, a man who's been forgotten, cast aside like an Acosta, when he really should be an Edward R. Murrow. And that's an injustice we plan to rectify right now. When everyone else was saying you should wear a mask to protect yourself from the coronavirus, this man told you you should wear three masks. Not just one, three. Brave you like that isn't taught. You're born with it. You got it or you don't. Well, last night, this same investigative journalist, now an anchor at CNBC, broke the story of a lifetime. If Pulitzer Prizes still mattered, and they don't, this would get a Pulitzer. You've seen the Zapruder film. You've seen the moon landing. You've never seen anything like this. Roll tape. We all fantasize about a time when we won't have to wear the masks anymore. It's not now. But some at a supermarket in Florida appear to have decided that the time is now. Look at this. This was the scene at Oaks Farms Seed and to Table Market in Naples today. Sam Brock took this video, which went viral. It looks like it was taken pre-pandemic, right? Most customers and employees not wearing masks at all. This was the scene. A woman smiled in a grocery store. Actually, it wasn't quite what we thought it was. We believe the hype, I guess. Maybe when you spend 30 years reading scripts about car chases, everything seems like a car chase. The problem is not everything is a car chase. Sometimes it's just people smiling at each other in a grocery store. Sorry, overheated news guy. That's not actually uh, news.
1: That is Tucker Carlson taking a shot at Shep Smith, who, let's face it, he's done nothing since he left. Hey, folks, listen, it's John DiPietro. Enjoy this Friday. I believe that Kansas City wins on Sunday. I'm sorry. I do. I think they're just too strong. Pat Mahomes is too strong. Brady will have a good game, but I pick the Chiefs. Uh, but the Bucks might be able to cover. Stay tuned. John Dion program is next after WNRI the NRI WNRI
0: Woonsocket, thirteen eighty AM, ninety nine point nine FM.